Hi and welcome to the Msingi Talks podcast, a podcast hosted by Msingi Trust. This podcast ventures deeper into issues of faith, advocacy, activism, and makes connections between these worlds. Psalms 89.14 states that justice and righteousness are the foundation of God's throne. And here we unpack how the church as the body of Christ and institution can faithfully embody justice and righteousness in both word and deed. Karibuni and let's do justice. Everybody and welcome to Msingi Talks, a podcast of Msingi Trust, where we seek to make connections between faith, justice, and advocacy. So for today, I'm very honored to have an amazing, amazing woman, um, an Obama fellow. Uh, she'll tell us about all, all her titles and all her accolades and also uh, a founder of Lapid Leaders. So Esther, I think for me, before I say how I was introduced to you and I will say how, because <laughs> you were introduced. <laughs> you were introduced to me by someone who had the hearts for you. They time. did. I didn't even know that. Me, I thought they had the hearts for you, you see? Now unveiling. <laughs> so, me, I thought they had the hearts for you, see? I don't think either of us were right. <laughs> no, me, I know I was right because we'd had that conversation. <laughs> I must be the most clueless person in this land. <laughs> so, and so I... Yeah, so that's how I was introduced to you. But I think as our, our friendship developed more when you started Lapid, and I was also in the backpedaling on when to start and sing, then you went and went ahead and ran a thousand kilometers per hour. <laughs> Jesus. Doing such amazing work. So an introduction to you and who you are, what your passions are, what, what drives you, and how you remember we met. Okay. First, thank you for hosting me. I love what you're doing. I really like Msingi Trust. If anybody does not know what Msingi Trust does, look for me. I will pitch it for you. But you're doing phenomenal work. You're doing important work. The first time I met you, now you remember that story. Me, I remember when I saw you in chapel. Yes. God gives me a gift of seeing very far, by the way. And then I knew you had a gift for justice that wasn't for the church, but it was for outside. Mm -hmm. So when you said that you were, like, I had seen that whole story. So when you said you wanted to start, that's how we gave you, like, the first a few students. I think we had, like, five students that you ran with. Yes. For me, it was easy. Actually, actually, you've reminded me that, man, thank you for saying that because now I'm hijacking your story. <laughs> because if you go and look um, on Singhi's Instagram page, our first, our very first image is of, of, I think, three students where we started to do our Changemakers class with. And that was um, with, uh, they had just gone through the Lapid uh, leaders and yeah. showed us what Lapid is. And then 
it was really an affirmation of the call of God over my life. Yeah. I had no shilling to my name. I had no nothing, just a dream. And I just felt, and people who could give me their space, that's you. I remember you telling me, come and work from here. My God, I cried. <laughs> sense yeah yeah i remember yeah. when i met you i don't even think we met in person i don't remember how i knew of you but i knew what you were doing in chapel and because i've always had a heart for justice i spent so much time understanding what you were doing in chapel yeah. by the time you were stepping out i knew this is the right thing for you to do mm-hmm. and then i don't even think we've seen half of what you will do i think god will use you greatly i think the work you're doing is super important that we've created a silo that's called the church mm-hmm. and justice and another silo called life and i think what you do is you marry those three things and i don't think god sees three things they're one so i think the work that you're doing is phenomenal please 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 hearing you on yes thank you and i've not done the introduction so my name is esther moniki yes i i'm a born again christian who likes christ very much i i like to describe myself as a child of a king and that is not just a truth, but it's also my literal. I live as a child of a king, and I always go to God like, but total were the ugly children. They ask, how about me? A king's child. Mm-hmm. So I like to live like that. I am the CEO of Lapid. I started it in 2014. And so we've had a run for the last six headed to seven years. Woo-hoo! I know. Bro. Jesus, like I feel like right now, in fact, we need to have those things where people do dramatic things. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> yes. Well done. Yeah. So it's been six years. I. So what Lapid does, I'll tell you what Lapid does and then I'll tell you why I do it. Like I'll take you back a bit. So Lapid works with young people. So we pick university students. That's a main program. We pick university students in their second, third year, fourth year uh, sessions. And then we take them through a program that enables them to prepare for their marketplace. So in terms of job readiness, in terms of um, market, like just basically whatever it is that you will do in the marketplace. But we leverage on that then to ask, to get them to understand that jobs are a privilege and that therefore they should ask, how do I leverage on the privilege of job to make a difference within the continent? And so it's a, con- a conversation around job readiness that's ultimate goal is to raise leaders and people who will make a difference within the continent. So that's what LAPID does. Um, we do it in, we have a, our classes have three levels. We call them lead self, lead marketplace and lead Africa. So lead self is, we found that a person can only be the best themselves if they've understood themselves. And so lead self is heavy on understanding who am I, what are the things I can do with myself? Freeing ourselves from a lot of emotional baggage because all those things stop us from being able to go to lead. Um, like leading self is the most important thing a human being does. So we do the lead self and then we do lead marketplace, which is around job readiness, personal branding in a digital world. And then lead Africa is heavy on entrepreneurship and change making conversations, but with a focus on understanding your purpose from a continental perspective, And at the end of that, they do what you call a study trip, which is an Africa experience. They go to a country within the region. So we've done Rwanda, Uganda, Ethiopia, Zambia. And the idea is for the students to go and interact with corporate leaders, government leaders, business leaders, and sort of build a Pan-African mindset. 
And because of that, we've done about 618 students so far. Another wow. drum rolls for Wow, drum rolls. Well done. I mean, I'm to celebrate. So, the 18 is a big deal. Mm -hmm. uh, we've done 618 students. We've sent about 100 students to those Africa experience, which is the study trips within the region. We have students now from the region. So we have students from South Sudan. We have students from Burundi. We have students from Uganda. And then also our students are building solutions in other countries. So we are, I have a student who is building a solution in South Africa. I have another one who is involved in Nigeria, another one in Tanzania. So there's a sort of Pan-African movement among the young people. And the reason I like what they do, let me give you one example and, and then I can just go back to basic. I remember that there's one of our students who really makes me happy and there are many. Mm. But as she finished the class and then she was working in a hospital and she realized a lot of Buddha Buddha guys would come in and they wouldn't have access to health because they don't have medical insurance, which is sick in itself. But what mm. she then did is she got built up. Um, so they would come in, you can just imagine, it's just the sickness of our world that somebody can be hit by a so, car. So Maybe, mm -hmm. Just um, maybe to explain what Boda Boda is for people oh, who don't okay. understand, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> how would you explain what a Boda Boda is? A motorcycle. It's a, a common way of people transporting themselves with a cheap common way of transporting yes. within Nairobi. But those guys make basic, like the amount of money they make by the end of the day, they don't have time or money to go and buy insurance covers. But for her, what bothered her was somebody comes in, a megongwa, or they've been hit, and the hospital can't treat them because they don't have medical insurance. Mm -hmm. And for them, that they just kept thinking, this is really wrong. Yeah. It's actually not just wrong, it's very sick. And so what they then ended up doing, one of the things they did was build sort of like a platform where they bring together Buddha Buddha guys, they have conversations around how do they build themselves, and also they then used a blockchain to be able to save money to get access to medical health and she has about a thousand guys now in her platform they have a lot of conversations around how do they build themselves they're the kind who in a few years you'll be reading the articles we were reading a couple of weeks ago of Buddha Buddha guys who save 50 bob every day to put up a house and for me the reason I like that is because she's a young person who is about more than just getting a job yeah. she's using her job to be able to serve her community and I think that's what jobs are for there for us to be able to serve the species that we've been placed. So yes, yeah, so that's what uh, Lapid exists to do. My background and why I do this is I'm an accountant by training. And I get asked how do you move from accounting to this? I Russia plans on the too. So I was trained an accountant. I worked with PricewaterhouseCoopers for about eight years, two years in UK, six years here. I was on the right track within the organization, but I always felt something was missing. Mm. I felt I was, and that's not to say anything about anyone else, it's to say what me I am. I just felt I couldn't see the, couldn't see what I was doing. I'm very driven by, I want to serve, I want to see a big picture of what I am doing. And I felt like the accounting, the audit work was nice, but for me, it wasn't enough. Yeah. I just felt like I was getting lost in the process. So in 2012, I left employment and I was actually going to start a lapid, but the 
there's a lot of conversations around friends, family of Esther. You've lost it. Did I make sense to leave? Good job to go. I, do I, I, I'd like you to 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 share that because for many, and I tell you this that it's important for founders to share their founding story. Yeah. So, like when you went home and told your folks that I am. Um, Shopping, like what was that first conversation within yourself? Yeah. And then to your family and then to your friends. I'd so like you me, to be a bit more specific on that. Yeah. So I've done it twice. That was the first time. Yeah. The first time I had clarity that I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. I wasn't doing meaningful work as far as I was concerned. And I didn't want to live like that. I remember having days I'd leave work like at two o'clock because I have a headache. I have a lot of work, but I, I couldn't, I, I didn't feel like I was doing anything of mine. <laughs> so I remember I would go for lunch and I'd go for extended periods, trying to figure out what is this? And I, I had a very good job by the way. So what happened is when I left campus in 204, I got a job immediately with them and they pay you really good money. And then in 2009, I was sent on a secondment in UK. I think the secondment is what released my brain. Between 2004 and 2009, I was just working. And I'm a worker, and I believe in working with excellence everywhere. But so I'd gotten into the system. So I think when I went to UK, my brain started to think. I don't think it had been before. I think I was on auto mode. And I had more time to reflect. And then I could see the country. And I kept asking myself, why is this country able to have a road where I can, it says I stop and I stop. And when I go home, my traffic roundabouts, it's habits, it's habits. <laughs> then pray that no one hits you. I couldn't understand the difference and it bothered me a lot. And then I'd had the privilege of, I, I really like hope. So I was... Most people go on secondment and they want to extend me. I never even finished. In my 19th month, I asked to come back. But most guys say they want to stay on. And it was because every three months I was here. For me, I have clarity that I don't want to be anywhere else but here. Yeah. This yeah. is home for me. Yes. You know that thing they say some people are born and some choose me. I know this is where I am chosen. This is where I belong. Mm -hmm. So I would come every three months and I'd think, Aki guy. <laughs> yeah. And this is a land I really like. So I couldn't understand why, mm. what's wrong. And that really bothered my brain. Yeah. So eventually, I, I, for me, I felt then that the gap was around the leadership of the continent, that mm -hmm. we have built a philosophy around leadership that's based on self than on service. Mm -hmm. And that really bothered me because I kept thinking, how do these humans go abroad and come back home and not feel like it's shady that you can't build a road? Yeah. For me, that I couldn't understand that. So when, like 19 months into it, I got clarity that I, I, I couldn't stay on. So I asked to come back. And even that was a shocker for the company because I probably was, in fact, after that, they implemented a policy that if you come back, Alice, do what, 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 what. But it was, I've always had a clear voice. When I'm clear on what, I take long, but when I get clarity, I go. 
Yes. So for me, at the 19th month, I was clear, I don't need to be here for five years. Mm-hmm. I've done what I need to do here. So came back, but I was changed. I wasn't okay with, I wasn't going to be okay with just doing bare minimum with my life. I just wasn't. Yeah. So, and then I landed and I was given so many clients. I'll never forget. I had like 60 clients I was looking after. And I'd wow. sit and I'd look at them and think, why? <laughs> like, why? Why? Why am I? I couldn't understand. Yeah, it helps these companies to move and become big. But the hell? Like for me, that, that conversation wasn't complete. Yeah. So, so like, but then I hustled. I really hustled with that decision. Yeah. Because logically, it made sense to stay. I was on the right path. I was, I'd been made a manager two years before. In my cohort, I was like the leading person. Everything said, stay with this path. And, and that's the reason why I was being given many clients. It was more just prepare you for... And then there are not many women who, who do well with those environments. So when they get a woman who is willing, you start to be sort of positioned for it. Mm-hmm. So in terms of work, it made logical sense, but for me, it made zero sense. Mm-hmm. So I battled with it a lot. I'll never forget. I used to go home and sit and like, Ushai, I don't know if you ever found yourself staring at the wall. And think. Mm-hmm. So what I had done somewhere along the way was I started now to serve in church and yeah. that helped me to feel alive Yeah. because then... So my work was very heavy in terms of hours. We used to do very, very long hours, like really, really long. But I was clear I'll do long hours Monday to Friday, Saturday. I used to go to prison. I used to run a discipleship there. Um, and then Sunday, I was in church. Like, but for me, those two days is when I felt alive. Yes. And it's when I started a conversation that I was having with you around work and life balance. I couldn't understand how you can live like that where you come alive on Saturday and Sunday, then on Monday you back on the grind. And, and I know people's realities are different, but that was my reality. Like I, my reality was I had money, but I didn't feel alive <laughs> and it wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. So, the, so 2012, I left. Finally, I just woke up one day, I told myself, I'm done. Yeah. I am done. I am done. Because I was also now super exhausted because Saturday and Sunday I was do going all out. She means I was never resting. Yeah. Because now Saturday and Sunday is when I do all those things and Monday to Friday, I am in a back-to-back headache kind of job. Mm-hmm. So at some point I just, I don't even remember what prompted it. I just knew I'm done. So I went and told the HR partner that I'm done. They actually thought I was lying, that I didn't have, I didn't know where I was going. All I yeah. knew yeah. I just yeah. I, I didn't want to live like that. Yeah. So and I didn't even I don't think I discussed with anybody. I don't remember discussing this with anybody. Mm. I just knew in my spirit I was done. And then so I resigned and then I think I left. But when I left, so I went to told my folks, my folks were easy. They thought I had a plan. Like everybody thought but they had a plan. <laughs> They know you as a person with a plan. Yes. So they're like, ah, this chick, her plan. knows what she's doing. Yeah. Even the boss, my boss, I remember having a conversation. Let me tell you this story, actually. I remember having a conversation with one of the senior managers, and they were trying to ask me, Esther, where are you going? Why are you not telling us the truth? I told them, by the way, I have zero plans. 
And then they couldn't understand that. So they told me a story that has stayed with me for all those years. Yeah. He told me for him. So let me just actually take your bit back, Kidogo. So when I came back from UK, the culture in the organization then, I don't know if that's still the culture, was people would move. By then it was like in a kind of places. People would come with, I don't know if they're called Max or Mercedes, big cars in short. Yeah. Me, I didn't come with a car. And I remember there's once I was called into the office and I was asked, I Esther, managers have a thing and there's a place they live. Me, my salary did not allow me those luxuries. I just was clear on my own salary. I wasn't clear on anybody else's salary. And I wasn't going to do anything because people do it. Yeah. For me, it makes... Mimi pesa zangu ninajua zile ziko. Sijui kila mwingine kuna pesa ngapi. Yeah. So anyway, that's... So one of, the, one of those guys, the senior manager told me, Esther, me, I have these children who I have brought up on Kellogg's. I would never want them to eat Weetabix. Mimi, I grew up with Guashe. And for Kellogg's sake, if I'm told by an employer to jump, I will jump. If they tell me to throw water, I will throw water. For the sake of my children not eating Kellogg's. I mean, not eating Weetabix. And I remember thinking, I would never live like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. My children will eat doma. Not and I it's mean, even healthier. It so is. for for people who don't understand what doma is, it's a Oh yeah, you have to keep helping me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a root tuber. It's we call it arrowroot in Kenya. I think in other countries it's called taro, right? I think so. I have no idea. So that's so it's that distinction between I'd rather that my kids eat um the Kellogg's that they are afforded Kellogg's. And so because of that, I will sacrifice myself at the altar of Kellogg's basically. Mm. So that my kids and, and for me, the flawedness of that is you ultimately teach the, your child something. Yeah. Uh, and you know, the worst part is you're also, you've made a life out of yourself and you've made a life out of yourself from guashes. So yeah. why are you, and I feel like that's something that a lot of middle class gets stuck in there's yeah. this idea of what you exist to do and the truth, I think. Mm. And many people get stuck in the idea that you exist to make sure your child eats Kellogg's. No, your child yeah. belongs to society. Yeah. <laughs> you actually are just holding on them for us. Mm -hmm. And the only thing you exist to do is to build values that are useful for us. And that's not a value you're building. Anyway, that's the conversation that we had. And then I guess also because I hadn't gotten into the loans. So people used to pick loans to buy those Mercedes, yes. or Mac, whatever they were. And then people used to pick loans to get into those houses in Kile. Mimi, I was living in Langata. I had a Toyota. And that was a problem that I was being asked why I didn't upscale. Yeah. But because of that, I could easily adjust. Like I wasn't, I wasn't living a life I couldn't afford. Yeah. And I guess what she was saying is for him the choices he's made, and I guess also people have to make constant life choices, is he's made a choice that he wants his children to go to certain schools, mix, uh, eat certain things, and because of that, work has to be about fast then. And I mean, I get it. I, I just think I have different values from that. Yeah. So, so left then the, so yeah, it wasn't, for me, it wasn't hard. It was hard processing it, but when I made a decision, I was out. I left. And so what? But it was the first time. It was, that's the first time. Yes, that's the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then uh -huh. now when I left, so 
because I didn't process the decision with anybody. Mm-hmm. So now my friends, I remember a close friend of mine came and he came out, she came actually with her husband. And it was out of love more than anything. I mean, I don't hold it against them. The, and she told me, Esther, there's something wrong with the choices that you're making, that it doesn't make sense for you to leave PwC. And you see PwC in this market is considered those places that you never leave mm. or leave that kind of cash. And so my goal was to figure it out. I really didn't have a plan. Yeah. Basically, she just told me that's a bit foolish. Mm. And then I thought it could be wrong. Then several people came and told me the same thing. My folks were okay, but I think in the process, I started to wonder if I was actually making a foolish decision. Mm-hmm. And so I spent three months out. I wrote a book, published two copies, <laughs> but it helped me to detox because I think I needed to detox as well. And then I decided just to apply to another job and I went back. Mm. And the reason I went back was sincerely, the only reason was it just, I felt like I was making a foolish decision. And that yeah. I was being driven by my own emotions. And so I thought, you know what, maybe let's just go back. So I got a job with a bank. It was a good job. I was the head of risk and compliance. I was the youngest senior manager. I had good money. I was in, I had access to loans. Those nice things. But I'll never forget the first day I reported to work. So the first, they did the public, around then they used to publish the movers and shakers. So it was because it was an important role for the industry. It was published. It was an exciting thing. Like I'd now gone back to the system in effect. Yeah. But I'll never forget the first day I reported to work. I used to blog a lot and I wrote a blog, Help, I Become a Thief. I was so clear that I was in the wrong place. I was now a thief who was stealing people's time. Mm. Because I, you know, and I guess, I don't know if this is with everybody, me, my sense of humanity is you know in your spirit when you're where you need to be. I think we have, I belong in the philosophy that says we have a brain that's the mind, but we also have a heart brain. And for me, I find my heart brain knows a lot more than my head brain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And my heart brain leads me. And it leads me sometimes in very strange places. Yeah. Time has taught me to trust my heart and brain. By then, I, I could see what they were saying because logically, it didn't make sense. Yeah. But I landed and I didn't want to live like that. Like I knew. <laughs> yeah. I can do this. I can work. But this is not how I want to live. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's also a very hard decision now once you're back. Yeah. So I got into the system again and had a fantastic team. I was doing the work. For me, it was very easy. (laughs) Mainly because I was from an environment that was very high pressure. So I just felt, I just kept asking myself, what am I doing with this whole thing? Then somewhere along the way, we, what happened first? The HR started a mentorship program and I loved the idea. And so I joined her. I was actually chairing the committee of that mentorship program. And then the banks are looked after a lot by the central bank. So the central bank landed and they were angry at the fact that I was chairing the committee because my role was supposed to be almost like you look after, you are an outsider, you're not supposed to be part of things. Mm. And I remember thinking, you guys are robbing me the only thing that for me makes sense. <laughs> giving me life in this place. Yeah. 
So I wasn't able actually to do it for very long, but I did it for a short enough time to know the power. So when I landed in the bank, one of the things I started to see, so PwC is actually very, in its best and its worst, it's very good with training and mentorship. Yeah. My first coach is still a coach for me even today, yeah. even within Lapid. Mm-hmm. There's a culture around lifting others that's awesome. Yeah. And then there's a culture around investing in people that's fantastic. Yeah. So I had had the theory around uh, how we have university students who are not ready for the marketplace. I hadn't seen it firsthand. Mm-hmm. When I landed in the bank, what I started to see is the problem is actually more the bank. Mm-hmm. Well, PwC invests heavily, like heavily in the training, in the mentoring. They, they do not have the perception that a human being, and I don't know that where that perception came from, but there's this perception that you will once get a person who is ready to work. That's not true. You must yeah. always train. But I've, I think there's a philosophy that has been put up in the market that is around, which is foolish because that's not how any of us got jobs. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I could see the gap in terms of we want mentoring these guys. We want training them. We want coaching them. And this mentorship committee for me was bridging that gap. And I could see how my team in a short while was growing. Like Mimi, I was becoming irrelevant in my job, which was helpful because my goal was to figure out myself. But I saw also there was no intentionality in that because ultimately you must grow people. And so that committee for me was an opportunity for the bank to mentor, to coach, to invest in our people because that's, that's what humans do. Yeah. So anyway, the, so that's how I... So I was out of the mentorship. So I was back to ground zero. Then around then the bank was bought by, Niger- by Nigerians. Mm-hmm. And I was heavily involved in the transaction. It was a nice transaction. I had a lot of favor with sort of the board and the management. But I was still back to that place of, hmm. Mm-hmm. So when they landed, I kind of had to make a decision. Yeah. Do I want to live with their philosophy? Yeah, Because you know now when you have a new set of management, you sort of have a new philosophy, a new way of doing things. And I stayed on, but I think within three, four months, I knew, imagine, I'm not doing this. Mm. <laughs> I think they were the last true in a process that had been happening. I just, I didn't feel I wanted to do that job of now adopting their way. And then I also didn't agree with a lot of things they were doing. <sighs> I just thought... Is this a battle that I want to fight? No. Okay. I resigned. I resigned in April, but it was a hard decision. I remember I used to go to church every Sunday and stand. You know that place for standing to be prayed for? I stood every Sunday. Until one day I told God, sincerely. You cannot be praying about the same thing every week. But it was a weird thing was praying. You know those things that you pray, but God answered Kitabu. I don't know what I was praying for. Mm. But I guess I was... I was afraid. Yeah. And then I'll never forget the a Sunday before the time Monday I resigned. A friend of mine called after that prayer. A friend of mine called and she told me she didn't even know I was struggling with the bank. And she told me she had been praying for me and she had that I need to go back to the decisions I'd made in 2012. Ah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was set. Yeah. And this time there was no going back. So the bank, so I served notice for three months and I think they thought, I'll never forget when the last week they still thought I was going to stay because I was doing a good job and I think they imagined that it was an emotional decision I made and I was going to go back on it. But I was set, this time I was set. I knew 
can't rob myself twice. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think it was wrong. I think the two years in the bank was so very useful. I learned a lot. Yeah. It shaped some things, a lot of things around why I do lapid. But the time when the time came, it was a hard decision because now I resigned April. I didn't have a plan. I went into prayer mode again, serious prayer mode, asking God. So I have resigned. What are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't have the structure in mind. And my brain is also a bit structured. So I must see what I want to be able to do. So I probably got the clarity the last week of August. This is what you're going to do. It was very divine. And I started to write. I used to write. I used to write. I wrote, I wrote, I wrote. And tell no God, keep it coming. I'm going to be very faithful. Just make sure it keeps coming because I didn't like the idea of being stuck. And that's how Lapid was backed. The long version. The long version. Thank you. I've never had the long version. I love, I, I think I've had glimpses of it. And so Lapid is- I was going to give you the glimpses. I'm so used to sharing the story that I do the glimpses. Yes. So Lapid is about preparing, um, basically preparing young leaders for service wherever they are. And um, I always tell you that, is this the same job where you, where you, you went back? Because I remember there's a time you went back, you were ready to give. Oh, that's one. another one. <laughs> that's another one. So that is in year three or four of, of doing lapid. It was year four. I was tired. Mm. <laughs> because we want to also, I think one of these conversations as I had said is to help founders as well. Because yeah. I always tell you, I look at you from, because you've gone ahead of me by three, four years. I'm like, if Esther is still holding on, I will hold on. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> the many times you've given up in the, yeah. in the middle of it. What yeah. are the challenges of a founder? So for me, so I guess the first challenge is first starting. Yeah. But I think what happened is when I started, I, my brain thought it was going to be hard, but I really didn't know how hard it was going to be. Mm. So I, I just underestimated it, to be honest, in my head. And I guess some part of it was just God's protection. I think sometimes not knowing is not a bad thing. If you yes. know all of it, yes. you really truly can't handle it. Yeah. I co-sign because if you knew... If God showed you, like for yeah. real, if God yeah. showed me yeah. how hard it would be, yeah. even personally, to, yeah. first personally to do this work yeah. and to consistently wake up and you and thinking singly day in, day out, planning, yeah. going, finding three year plans, five year plans, 10 year plans, 20 year plans, if you really knew. I think yeah. foolishness. Foolishness and lack of knowing is a protection that God offers. It is. It's a gift. You do not have the capacity to handle what God knows. Yes. Yes. I say that with hindsight. Yes. Because the only thing I know is if I know, if I knew in 2014 what I was signing up for. Yeah. You wouldn't have (laughs) made a different decision. Yeah. So for me, I stepped into it with such faith. Like I was clear that. I had such naive faith. In fact, I remember there's a friend of mine who I met once. I, I guess people could see it. Me, I couldn't. 
she told me, Esther, the gift God has given is the gift of faith. And he actually made me realize faith is a gift. Yeah. Like one of the gifts God can give you, a gift of the Holy Spirit is actually the gift of faith. Yeah. And for me, I think that's a gift God gave me. I don't live by sight. I really, even now, yeah. the way my, my mind is wired is it sees from here. And often the things that you see from your heart are not from the mind. Yeah. And I think for that's a gift. Mm-hmm. I don't believe you can build anything, an institution, be a founder of anything without first connecting with your heart. Because that, that's, there's a language that God speaks through the heart that's deeper than, any, that, than the language that this brings, yes? <laughs> mm-hmm. And that language is what drives work. Yeah. Because the mind, there's a limitedness to the mind, by the way. Even in its best, there is a limitedness that it has but the heart, it connects with God's vision. It's not yours. Yeah. It becomes what is he doing? And what is my role in what he is doing? Mm-hmm. And even the days I forget that, I am very lost. Yeah. <laughs> so, there, so I left. I was clear I needed to make some sacrifices. So I moved houses. Because remember me, I was on the fast lane. So I had houses. I had... I had things that were on the move. So I moved from my house. I moved to Siokimau. I don't even know if by then we had met. I think, we, yeah, we met in Longata. Yes. Yeah, we'd met because it was, because I remember you moved while your Mabuno was moving as well. Remember? Yes, yeah. it was 2014. Yeah. They gave me the freedom to move to that side. Yeah. So the rent was cheaper that side and I was very entrenched in the Mabuno church so i just thought let me move to sikimau mm-hmm. and i remember walking moving from my house i had to take did i take my things home then no i didn't take my things home then i moved with them mm-hmm. but the it was a hard one yeah because i think you realize you have to make sacrifices yes and those years by the way were just sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice yeah i was broke very broke i was lonely because you also don't know how to and that's why for me when you started I was very keen on reaching out and giving you the space because I knew the problem is not doing the work the problem is it's where do I start what am I saying you know you're trying to do something that you haven't even been able to put words to it so in my case, I was running a lapid and I'd meet with people and even they're asking, so you're turning me. When we talk like, about him, lapid, it's like, why is it not rapid, but rapid? Like even yeah. in the name. <laughs> the name. And then what we do is not, it's not very many people who do it. You've left the bank, you've left the PWCs to go start this thing. What is this thing? Yeah. And even for me, I'm going through the process. I, it's not like I know what I am doing 100%. I yeah. know where what I'm starting. I know what I know now. You know that yeah. verse that I have, which is a lamp unto your feet. I just know now. Yeah. I don't have the light unto my path. Yeah. So when I'm being asked by people, I remember one of the things that we sort of agreed with my family. Please don't ask me what I do. Because mm. sincerely, I don't know. And then I even had to limit even the relationships that I was involved in to people that I could tell I don't know. Because I kept feeling like I was under pressure. 
to figure it out. But it was going to take time. Yeah. So I kind of actually, I really alienated myself in terms of even relationships just because for me, the circles, the circles that I had were heavy on head awareness. Yeah. And I wasn't moving on head awareness. So I needed to be in a place where I'm able to just chill here and move by faith. Mm-hmm. So it was, for me, I think of that time in Sokimau as, you know, God tells Abraham, move from where you are and come mm. and I will show you. Yeah. I think that's what happened when I was in Tsukimo. I didn't have a lot of people around me and I started to hear. I started to start laughing. I started to do the work. I was in my brain. I thought it was going to take me a very short time. And God looks after you initially a lot. I think God sets people up. Let me tell you a story. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. So that was 2014 I left. 2015 I did the work. My first cohort had a sad story. Mm-hmm. Man, this, let me just say building is a job. Yeah. The, my first cohort had 11 students. And so the way I did it, I started with a seminar, two seminars. One, the first seminar had about 20, 30 students. Then I thought, ah, set. I was being set up. Then the second seminar, I worked. I worked so hard to get many students to come for the seminar. It, was, it used to be two-day seminars. And I, I reached in the morning, and I think there was one or two people. And I, had, yeah. I went to the loo, very disappointed, because I was just thinking, Kai, after all that work, you'll bring me one person. Yeah. And I'll never forget, I had very clearly God say, I will build my house. Mm. Yeah. Me, mm. I will build my house. Yeah. It wasn't my hustling, my anything. It was God who was going to build it. And for me, that really helped because I think one of the things that founders struggle with is ninja mentality when you start. Yes, yes. And you think that it's your strategies, it's your networks, it's your hard work that will build. Yeah. I have done that process for long enough to know you will, they will exhaust your life. Yeah. And that's why I like that verse that says, unless the Lord builds a house, those who labor, they labor in vain. And I find founders labor in vain without knowing you're laboring in vain. Mm. And you get emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically drained. And I still got all those. Mm. But that first word anchored me. It's a word I still go back to. Mm. I will build my house. I am a servant, a person that he works through. But I can imagine, Lapid belongs to the Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that for me helped me because upfront, I knew, and I'm a very hardworking person. I'm not those people who will sleep through it. But I think, and also God just finds people the way they are. I needed that word because I was going to labor yeah. and labor away and be exhausted. But God needed to do the work. So that was 2014. 2015, we started. My first cohort had 11 students. Mm. At the end of the cohort, I lost one student. She passed away. Mm. And it was so, it was so, it was so sad. <laughs> it, was, it was, it was so sad. I still have letters she sent me that I go back to. And the, I, I could tell what the program had done for her. She found healing for herself. 
she'd gone through some things but that she still went for me just anchored on this is god's house <laughs> this is god's work yeah y'all are in his work do not imagine it is you because i could see i hung out with her a week before i called her we went to church we hung out the whole day we talked a lot and when she passed on i could see how god used that those conversations yeah to heal her to set her family up for her loss but it was hard it was so hard i remember and then that night that morning i hadn't even slept i just couldn't sleep and then she sent me her photo so they were doing some activity and then it was so sad by the way that thing still even now it makes me feel very sad the she sent me a photo at around 2 3 am i was then asleep and i was trying to put boundaries because i kept thinking kai okay guys you can't be talking at 2 3 am she sent me her photo and i told myself i'll talk to her in the morning i got called in the morning to be mm. told she's gone and i was, was sure she sick? i was dreaming. was she sick yeah i can't go into a lot of details about it okay but for me what that whole process did is it anchored the work we do mm. work for people is work that's for god you need every presence of god like heavy and you just have to realize people belong to god and what he brings your way are people who are in his journey so you do the part that he's given you and you do it to your best yeah but you know it's his journey mm-hmm. and the other thing she made me very conscious of is we needed and that has become such a big part of the program we do a lot of counseling they have like an in-house counselor counseling therapist mm-hmm. we do a lot of and even then you just you do what you can then you trust god with people's processes yeah but a lot of young people are, are carrying and so young people it's a world we've built yeah we build a world that is sick <laughs> mm-hmm. and you ha- you you will pay the price for that yeah. like you you can build a world where the things that drive people are competition money and not pay for it you will pay for it yeah and i think our young people are paying the most for it mm. it's always so sad to watch by the way <laughs> because you can tell they are really paying a heavy price for it <laughs> and and that's it's what it is the um, yeah. yeah so anyway so did that cohort do who says i have only enough for yeah, now and then yeah, you yeah. know i think a lot of a lot of founders in terms of when we say a lot of i have until here and then yeah that's so true yes at a point you have to Like yes. you have to be able to say at a, at a, it may take two months yes, it may take nine take months it is. but at some point it is yes and then i guess for me that's the other difference i think is so and and that's how you know god works humans we yes. think we call things like you think that you walk into your calling into your purpose but imagine i, I truly believe god calls 
like you're called and so you're aligned for it early me when i finished campus i didn't stay home for a day so i have never stayed with i had never stayed without money and so the conversations that i had with god were simple father god i am okay with making sacrifices but just know i am your child kuna places me mr fika there are places you're not going to no i am not uh. and one of them actually was i still i know this is shady but i told god i like java i liked java i don't know if i still do but i really liked java yes. and when i was employed it was easy to step out go there have lunch i told the lord this is the one thing i have asked that you do not take away from me mm, don't take away java from me <laughs> Yeah. And I have the ability to have those conversations because that's my that's it. And God did so I was telling you 2016 now Pesaishad. But me had had a conversation with God. I really did not want to build out of luck. Yeah. And that's a conversation I'd had with God. So I started to see I'm broke and I was we were about to send some students to Ethiopia. I'll never forget and I always used to sponsor a student. Yeah. because that was also the other commitment that I had made that I would always handhold somebody regardless and then Ethiopia I don't have money atazangu mwenyewe sina and so I went to the Lord and I told him we had a deal let me tell you what happened I got refunded cash so in Kitambo 209 uko when I was in UK I'd signed up for an MBA and I remember I the story Yes. I remember yes. All my money, all of it was refunded. Mm. God, I didn't know it was that then I was saving for a year. Mm. <laughs> And that yeah. was what I survived on in 2016. Yeah. And I could tell this was the hand of the Lord. Yeah. So 2016 I survived like that. 2017 I was back to the hustle land. Mm-hmm. And now I was starting to get tired because I wasn't seeing the end like i was actually getting tired so the program was growing we were getting more students but it wasn't you know these things you can like we charge for the program yeah but it was so basic after to sustain the class itself it's mm-hmm. just a headache yeah it is everything i was like getting tired we were kicked out by the space we went that space that you you, you yes, came because you, you were students and you were making noise <laughs> yes But also we were kicked out in time. I didn't have money sincerely to keep pushing on with that whole process. But I needed space. 2018 now. Hey, nakwambia ga. 2018 now I was tired. I remember the first three months of 2018 going around Nairobi looking for space and people didn't want young people. And I kept thinking, "Nini, do you all realize you are young one day?" Yeah. And I remember we talked about that. Because I remember we had a conversation around the disdain that people have on youth. Because mm. it was like there was disdain from they are making too much noise. And yeah. The of, we have students, no, we don't want. And, and, and many, because yes, there were like a hundred. Yes. And, and how then that also transfers into your view of youth, even in your workplace. Yeah. Because, It does. Yeah. I think our perception and maybe it's just I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. We seem to imagine we grow up by ourselves. 
Mm. And that has, you know, one of the things I really like, I really like the rights of, rights of passages of African communities. So all, as part of like a lot of our graduations, we go through those transition rights. And what I find in all of them is children belonged to society. Mm-hmm. And so each rite of passage was you were held. Yeah. And so when a child failed, it wasn't the child failed, it's the society failed. Yes. Because it's society's business to hold the child. Mm-hmm. We seem to think that it's university's business to hold the child. Mm. And because of that, we are looking for complete workers, as an example. We are looking for, we don't want to be supported by their problems. And that's why when people heard that there are 100 students in a space, they would just look at me like, and I'd think, how oh, is it my problem? It is all our problem. Yeah. These are our children. Yeah. <laughs> so what and they- all be- of those, like if you, if you are to look at them through their, their lenses, I'm like, have I given back to any of those 100? No. Mimi <laughs> Yes. But I have clarity that these are my children. Like the yes. African way has never been that you belong to your mother only. Yes. And that's why we always say that it takes a village to raise yes. a child. Yeah. But because we've adopted a lot of the capitalist way of living, we just want to think about my child. But that doesn't work. You want to think about the Kellogg's for your child. Yeah. And the, the breakfast for all children. Yeah. Yeah. And what you forget is, as long as your child is the only one who has Kellogg's, we will steal his Kellogg's. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because it's, either, it's what COVID has shown the world. It's either yeah. we are all fine or we all die together. <laughs> yes. Because the... And even Kellogg's is unhealthy. I'm like, like if you... Even if it was the most healthy thing. <laughs> yes. Even assume it was the most healthy thing. Yeah. By the way, we will steal that Kellogg. Yes. And we won't feel mercy for you. No. That been stolen from. No. Yeah. And that's why you have a responsibility to make sure either we all need to guashe, but we are growing because the job is not Kellogg's. Yes. The job is the person that they are becoming. Yeah. But what you model by having this conversation of Kellogg's is you belong in a bubble that's your world. Yeah. 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 Have you forgotten where I was going? <laughs> we were talking about founders and the lessons for founders. Yeah. So for me, the I guess for me, the big lessons in that whole process has been one, live by the heart, not by the brain. Mm. The brain will like That's you. so countercultural, though. It is. That's so countercultural. It is. You have to fight it. Even your own brain will fight yeah. for itself. And that's yeah. not to say you don't think, you have to think. Yeah. But it's to recognize that there is more than one way to think. I think it's that society has this philosophy of just one way of thinking. Mm-hmm. I find, for me, I, I've actually found the biggest things I've built have come from here. They didn't even make any sense mm. from here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I think that for me is a big lesson. The second lesson is do what you have to do. Mm. If you need for a while, don't alienate yourself. But initially, if you need time for yourself, imagine just leave. Exit. Yeah. Exit groups, exit conversations, exit places that drain the things that you have in your heart. Mm. Mm. Yes, I hear. 
and it's, it's that incubation period yes you know it's that the incubation period is so like you see when um, a hen is is <laughs> when a hen is is what's that process called when hatching the eggs it's even pregnancy i mean it's, it's that like when the, you go Yes, but I want to use like a hen because a hen is very protective of that period. Mm, that nobody, nobody can come around the hen when it's in that process of laying on those eggs, mm. not laying the eggs. Like and it's not permanent. It's just yes. normal. Yes. Singi is a Swahili word meaning foundation. Our name and mandate comes from Psalms 89.14. We host engaging conversations on faith, social justice, and advocacy across all our social media platforms. We also offer training and consultancy services to help you navigate the world of social justice and faith. To engage with us, visit our website, www.msingitrust.org, follow us on all our social media handles, at Trust, or email us on info at So the, I think for me, it's one, what we said about trust your heart, listen with your heart. Mm -hmm. Two, please be okay if you need to have step time out mm -hmm. to, to hear yourself, to all those things. Yeah. I, I find for me that was very useful because then I didn't build on the basis of what 100 people are saying, yes. but I built based on what I had had. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I find people abort the process because you're spending a lot of time sort of asking people if it makes sense, if it is right thing. And there's time for consultation. I just think I think when you get to a point where you there's always a time you need to go and hear. Mm -hmm. Whatever that looks like. Yeah. The third thing for me that has been important is and this I'm not good at, but it's something that I'm starting to learn towards is make time to look after yourself. Mm, yes. And each of these things are not natural for founders. It's not natural for a founder to want to step away and spend time with what they want to do. It's more natural to be out there. It's and, more natural. And to do something that benefits you. I think also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That it's Figure a out. That's not even benefits you in terms of and there's nothing it's wrong. Just, it's just enjoyment, like for fun. Yes, there's for nothing fun. wrong with you looking after yourself. Yeah, yeah. I find because we are very passionate about communities and about society, it's yeah. a lot easier for us to look after everybody else than us. Yes. And you have to figure out what fills you up. And that's different for everybody. If it's you spend time with your family, please ensure there's time for that. Mm -hmm. If it's to stare at the screen, please make time for that. Yeah. But please ensure in your life is room for you. I do know you will forget this. I forgot it. Yeah. Yeah. For me, what grounds me is my relationship with God. Yeah. Because I found even when I forget, God returns me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what happened in 2018 when I quit. I was done. I was exhausted. And I think I was on a race as well. And what God did was, I went through classes, I was learning, I was learning and learning. I was feeding me for the first time in four years. Mm -hmm. And that is super important. Mm -hmm. 
like you're on you only build as healthy as you are you took a break did you take a break from that i did i did yes. 2018 i closed shop i was yes. done i was yeah. exhausted i was broke i was broke and broke and let me just say the truth the work is hard mm-hmm. even young people will stretch your life i mean i remember there's a time i sent what did you say man i had been stretched we went for a camp i i picked my last 20000 shillings to take them to the camp i paid yeah. rent them like 20 something mm-hmm. so my landlord was on my case we went and then the last day i thought they were exhausted kumbe they were high the whole time been high and me i had been thinking they just looked hard because mm. i wouldn't imagine that they would pick my last coins to be high like really <laughs> oh, and yeah. then to make things worse on my way out i was called by a parent who is a cop and he told me you have my daughter i am a parent i am a police i'm sending people your way mm. turns out the daughter did not tell them they are coming for the camp wow so they've been doing on facebook missing child wow yeah I, I, me when i was starting those are not i wasn't like i wasn't signing up maybe i was signing up for a very easy job by the way <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and then the what i found is and then when you ask why does this girl not have tell the because she's not a child why mm. wouldn't she want to tell the parents then you find other stories there mm. i remember sending some to ethiopia and i'd worked so hard to get them fantastic people to meet and yeah they don't show up yeah at all and then when they're coming back half of them decide they're staying on and half will will come back and the ones who are staying on tell their parents esther has extended let me just tell you the work will test you yes <laughs> like you think you know <laughs> yeah then the work tells you wait a minute you do not know you know nothing <laughs> you know nothing and yeah. and for me by the time and then i was broke and then i'm having all these chaos you need a support system you, i need counselors i need coaches i need like i need like 10,000 people for us to do this work like it just i can't so 2018 i said i'm done i've done but then i think i done about 350 au nimametosha i got a job I reported for one day and then I quit. <laughs> I remember I think Esther and I've told you this before that for me that is my saving grace story. <laughs> I'm like let me in in the sense that I know that I get there. I think we quit every day yeah, not every do. other day. You know yeah. like, what am I doing? If yeah. I apply to a job I can easily get a job yeah and i think the reason i wanted have us to have this conversation is a lot of times we will glamorize the work that we are doing yeah and true. and and it's not and other people will glamorize it on our behalf because they're like oh my gosh you're doing an amazing job yeah and so yes you are but uh, on the other hand they are you don't know that i'm I'm having conversations with with policemen. Yeah. You don't know. You don't yeah. know that I have gone around Nairobi looking for space for months. Yes. You don't know I'm in a space where even the rent for that month for the space where the classes are happening. I don't know where it's coming from. Yeah. Let alone mine. Yes. I can't even afford to buy my shoes, let alone fix my hair. 
like my hair became natural yes out of choice yes dreadlocks let me tell you let me tell you my hair decision it's like jesus knew i needed to have dreadlocks because you can for months is that yeah. the salon yeah. and it's okay by the way it is such i remember december 2018 i went home mm-hmm. and we were with my mom and we were praying for my family mm-hmm. we prayed and then i got to the point of praying for myself i cried i cried i couldn't hold back i wept and then i've always wanted to protect my parents because i think this is a hard thing also for parents i i, I couldn't i wept i cried i cried i couldn't understand god where are you like what is this yeah i i don't know what am i doing yeah. <laughs> it was i cried yeah i just i couldn't understand mm-hmm. <laughs> and i always tell people for me my definitions of resilience changed after that mm. i think you do not know you don't know many things until you've gotten to the point where you find life is very different from what you thought. Mm-hmm. Because 2014 to 2018 I had a sense of eventually to a breakthrough. Yeah. I think 2018 I finally got to a point where I thought, "Oh my god. What if it doesn't?" Mm. Yeah. And that's that's there's something that breaks at that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's very hard to describe yeah because sometimes you don't know it but in the start you still have there's a hope you have mm-hmm. that it will fall together at some point yeah and then for me that those that days when i thought god what if i'm wrong what if what i've been hearing is my own things <laughs> And then I think the reason I was weeping is my understanding of God was I was just sasa uh-huh. what is this <laughs> what are, what's going on Can yeah let, let's have let's not even have let's not have a sit down meal let's have an informal walk in Karura forest And me that would not work me let's have a fight relationship no let's just throw each other chairs yeah. <laughs> i was past the walk i've yeah. done the walk for 4 years yeah i have had or i think i've had you i can't see yeah me i'm at that point where i know yeah you need to show me that you are in this story Mm-hmm. and there is no other way yeah akuna story ngine you have to show me mm-hmm. and sincerely there is no other option but to show me <laughs> yeah and i think god started then i think when man gets to their end, god god works in very interesting ways because i remember january so i started to come back in between that break i'd seen the hand of god we'd yeah. gotten an award from an african leadership institute yeah but I'd, i was asleep yeah and they called and said we've done a study of leadership development programs in the in your country in the continent and you're one of the leading leadership programs wow and they couldn't even understand how 
with how we've done it because they thought I had funding and that's mm-hmm. how we've been able to do it. Yes. <laughs> Man, I'm like, Esther, me and you, same WhatsApp group. How people are like, ah, Carol, you must be rolling in the way. Yeah. Because like they hear you, they see you, you're doing the work and you're like, yeah. guys, it's, it's... But by the grace of God. It's zero budget plus Jesus. And you learn that that makes all the difference. Yes. So that, that came through my folks were so bought in the mission like even the people who initially were asking questions are the ones who were hustling people went to mount kenya university and said you must partner with this lady she doesn't a... yeah. <laughs> and i started to see i think we were also awarded by kenya christian professionals something kenya around... christian professional forum yeah um, that one yes and they said we were given i was given an award for i think something to do with something an award and i could see that these things were god's way of showing me i got you yeah i got you and for me i needed to know that Mm -hmm. i had gotten to the point where now i needed to see and then i came back in january a lot of things had gotten clarity but it was still very hard and i'll never forget when i knew something has broken I just, I was having a conversation with God. I was on my knees. Actually, it wasn't a conversation. I was on my knees. And I was just telling God, Aki, I'm desperate, sincerely. You either come through or you come through. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget, I got a call from an organization. It's called Open Capital. And they mm-hmm. said that they have funding to support small institutions. Yeah. And they'd like to support us. Wow. And then they said, what do you want? We will assign somebody to your organization for three months full time. Mm. and imagine let's just say that was just the beginning of god's work yeah i think god was in it all along mm-hmm. but it was like we got into another phase now and they are they started to they did our financial model that then enabled us to have clarity of what the actual cost of the program is for free they did our, yeah. a, like a fantastic deck of who we are, why we, like they did a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. And then when I was tired, I'd started, I'd been feeling like I needed a break. So I had applied for the Obama fellowship in April. They sent an email, said we selected you. And that was a gift. That's a huge gift. And you are the it only was. one in Kenya. Yeah, the only right. one in the, in the country. Yes. They are, they've only had two cohorts, like the first cohort, they had two Africans in my cohort. They had three Africans only. So me, a Malawian and an Egyptian. I was the only lady from the continent. It was just, but even more than that, for me, what they gave me is an opportunity to breathe. Yes. Because now I went, I went to DC, Washington DC for a week or paid, I think I was there for a week or two weeks. I don't remember. I got to rest. <laughs> And that's all I remember about it, by the way. I think also the thing with these recognitions and awards, it's actually for, and for me, even when I've been asked to talk to people or to be somewhere or to do something, it's never about the, it's not about that now I am recognized as, it's good Mm. that you're an Obama fellow, Mm. but really it's about the toiling that has been going on behind the scenes Mm. and it's be 
it's being seen mm. even though you're not doing it for this like like it sounds twisted but also but, it, it gives yeah. you a breath yeah like you breath you breathe yeah. it's because you've been in a box and you've been surviving for me actually the biggest thing they did for me was they gave me an opportunity to breathe yeah because for the first time i was in a place where i didn't have to think about lapi every day like for the yeah. first time in 5 years wow i i woke up i slept lapid mm. but for the first time i had me space i had a room i didn't think about lapid i didn't think about lapid once <laughs> You didn't plan anything. Things were planned for you. You found yeah. set up, and we, you know, for and we us, are the ones who do all those things. Yes, we are the ones who do all those things. You're the ones who is planning. You know, everything, everything, everything is planned by you. Yeah, because you don't even have staff to to do that. No. So now you don't you you don't even have. You just show up and everything is okay. I know. What, what is needed is your presence, just yep. that, and your participation. Even that, you give it at your pace. Hey, yes. let me just tell you. For me, that was the gift. <laughs> mm-hmm. The gift was I got to this. Yeah. For the first time in five years. And and it, then after that it opened up a lot of other things. But the the fact that I rested was just the beginning. So we got then some board, some guys came on board um, for funding mm-hmm. one of the programs. Like a lot of things have then happened since then. But the biggest thing that happened then was I rested. I was selected recently for by Oprah Winfrey. They do a, a fellowship where they pick one woman for the African Woman in Public Service Fellowship. And I was selected for that. And I'm going to be in New York, I think, from September. Mm. And it's, it felt like, finally. Mm. Yeah. Finally. Finally, yeah. Finally. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and then this other side still has its own challenges, new ones. But the things, and I guess just to go back to the question you asked around founder, founders, I think for me is one, the heart listen to your heart two is please don't be afraid to step away to an isolated space to hear yourself yeah. uh, and i guess a bit of that is for me that is what i do even now mm-hmm. like when i'm building i'm i am an, i hibernate a lot fast yeah. and when i get out i have clarity i think there are people who are able to do it differently for me that's how it works and then please look after yourself emotionally a lot I am not good at it, but now I'm conscious of it. One of the things that happened last year as part of the COVID, I think for me, God started now to heal. Because what I didn't know is in the five years, I had been hurt, injured, and I was in pain. Yeah. Psychologically, without awareness. I remember being around people and they would have huge dreams, and I'm a dreamer. But I'd think, no, stop it, stop it. <laughs> I know that process. Yeah. I have been in it. But what God was showing me was you you were hurt by the process. Heal fast. Yeah. And I think founders don't have room for that. Yeah. Please pay, find a place for healing. I got a fantastic coach. Yeah. I have and I guess part of it is also we must ask as a community how do we give founders 
that space because another reason you don't do that is you can't afford it <laughs> yes <laughs> i mean you really can't yes really you can't you can't even afford like for real you have to make decisions around food around yeah. accommodation around yeah. so many other things so now mental health and mental and career like that is starting to sort itself out yeah, yeah. And I, I guess that's also a challenge for all of us to constantly ask, what can we do? And for me, that's the reason why I was very keen on making sure you get a place, even if it's for two days. Because yes. that's the one thing. Atakamasika's mob, we've given you a breath for a day or two. Yes. And I think it's important for all of us to just constantly think through that because it's a hard job. <laughs> it's a very hard job. The fourth thing, I would advocate for with hindsight is this I don't know how to phrase it in a way that makes sense. Um, but think about how you will raise money. Uh, it's not natural for many of us. It wasn't for me. Um, but I found in the process we engineer the things that we do to remain small. So you have to figure out, and that is a whole class in itself. Mm -hmm. Because for me, I had to figure out the people I want to work with. Mm -hmm. And there are places I walk away from. Yeah. I'm not interested in working with people who are interested in changing my narrative. Yeah. I'm not interested in working with people who, they have an African story that they want to tell. Mimi Staki. Mm. I'm actually not interested. And and so you start now another conversation of what, who and what am I willing to work with? Mm. Uh, and that's another values conversation in itself because the world has a narrative that they want to push and you must know who you are and what you're comfortable with. I always tell people, you really truly can't come and tell me how I will raise leaders in this continent. You can't. You just can't. Yeah. You don't know. You don't. Yes. Even me, I am learning. And I've been doing this for six years now. I do not believe in that thing of somebody comes, shows up and tells me do. Mm -hmm. I will not do such things. Yeah. So you have to be able, one, you need resources. Yeah. And founders don't like talk about that because we want to talk about the mission more than we want to talk about the resources that it takes to build a mission. Yeah. There are things I'm able to do now because I'm building a team are very different from when I was doing everything. And I think there's a season for that. But you have to know at some point you need to be able to look for it. out of that, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. That and, and that in itself needs another conversation altogether. Mm -hmm. And then at some point you need to build a team. That's a whole conversation altogether. And, and ultimately, it's... You'll keep growing. It doesn't change. It's, 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 it's now all this at a different scale. It is. Yeah, so um, I think we need to, we are, we'll be winding up in a bit. We were, we were to talk about work as well. So oh. that means we'll have <laughs> another call to, to yeah. talk about work and the work we do. But I, this first part of this conversation was very important because, there, and for people who are aspiring to be founders, I think to be, to step out, it, mm. it's, it might be hard, not it might, it will it be will very be. hard, mm. it will be very hard, 
but the harder thing is not doing it. Mm. Like the alternative of not doing it. And and is not the, living. Yes. That's Let's call it. Yes. Yes. So living will have different starting out and stepping out will have different challenges. But that thing of staying somewhere and knowing yeah. that me as Caro, my work is not yeah. to push paper. Yeah. Or just pushing paper or yeah. just like full like you know what God has put in your heart yeah. and in your soul. So the harder thing is not to do it. These other things also it's not yours. The Lord will build it. You just have so to be faithful. And he does it. You know yesterday yes. afternoon I was indoors for most of it. And I took a paper and I just wrote a letter and I told God, see the things that are in my heart. But I have no doubt that they're bigger in your heart. Please work on them. Yeah. And that is the job. Don't do God's work. Who is he? Yeah, (laughs) you really can't. And that taking time out, I think I have learned, is so important. And because most of the time you're in your head, heart space, but then God, like I did that in December and I we sat down and we agreed what we are doing in 10 years. What me? Yeah. Because I say I'm God's donkey. Mm. So I will do the donkey work, but mm. the other work. Mm. So me as God's donkey, the one who's doing the, the work mm. and uh, doing the, the work as he guides, this is how I'm doing. So keeping it, keeping it always that it's, it really is. And that also gives me freedom because what if my dreams end? Yeah, and they will, they will change. I think that's an important thing you said. I find sometimes founders get stuck in the vision and you think it has to remain this. Yeah. It is not your vision. It can grow, it can change, it can be shaped. That's the one thing I learned very much with Lapid and I'm very comfortable with it. I have made a conscious decision that I am not Lapid. Yeah. And, And that means I have a responsibility to build it because I'm the donkey that's building it. Mm. But even in addition to that, even me, my assignments are Jesus's, they're not lapid. Yeah. And so I'm constantly evolving, constantly learning. Like even when I think about the assignment when it started and how it's yeah. evolved over time, you must yeah. make room for that. Don't get stuck in the fast voice. Yeah. Keep growing. <sighs> thank you. Thank you, um, Esther, for, for that. And thank you for being courageous. Thank you for holding my hand. Thank you for always encouraging me um, and for... You're a phenomenal service. leader. You'll do very well, Carol. Yes. I have thank no doubt. Thank you for that. Yeah. Any parting short words, anything we've not said, anything you'd like to share with the people? This, uh, the beauty of our podcast is that it's heard all over. It's yeah, I think for over, me, for Africa and for the rest of the world. It's interesting you say that because that actually was going to be part of my party shot. I think yeah. one of the conversations we have within Lapid is around the, the 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 transition from consumers only to consumers and producers. Mm-hmm. And I want to challenge the people who are consuming this podcast, this content that you're releasing to ask how can they be involved even more in building the work of Msingi. The reason I say that is we have this thing that we've built around having heroes and a few people who do the work. Mm. 
this work needs every single person. So if you're listening, my challenge to all of us is, what role will I play in building this story forward? How am I supporting this work forward? Please don't be just a consumer. Ask, how can you serve here? How can you propel this story to many more people? We have to make sure that this work is not Karoni or Esther only. We do not need heroes. Yeah. We need all of us involved. Mm -hmm. So find a place. Yeah. Find a place. So um, thank you very much. And thank you, Esther. And see you for the next episode. If you've been inspired, challenged, and or enjoyed this conversation and would like to contribute to this and catch up with more of such, remember to follow us on social media at Msingi Trust. Share this podcast with your friends and family and also consider making a donation to support the production of this podcast. Donations can be made through PayPal, msingikenya at gmail.com, Patreon at msingikenya, or through M-Pesa, plus 254-792-176-030. Kwaherini, and thank you for joining us.